Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. You know, I've opened a couple shows in recent weeks talking about how Philly sports are going great except for the Flyers, and this weekend, we can't even say that. We are recording on a Sunday morning. It is a beautiful day. The sun is shining. The weather is, like, nice and mild. It's, like, great fall weather for once in Philadelphia. It didn't instantly turn to winter. It doesn't regress to summer. It actually feels like fall. The Eagles are playing the Dallas Cowboys tonight. We're recording Sunday morning. You're not going to hear this till Monday morning because I know it's pointless to put out a podcast on Dallas Day, okay? It's Dallas week. It's Dallas Day. I can't put out a podcast. Nobody's going to listen to this goddamn shit. Uh, The Phillies, the goddamn Philadelphia Phillies, have defied all the odds and are going to the National League Championship Series against the San Diego Padres. The two wildcard teams made it in the most NHL shit possible. Amazing. I am super psyched, and if they make it to Game 5, I will be there standing and trying to see over people standing, but we'll see how that works out, but I'm excited regardless. And in the midst of this, the Flyers did not totally embarrass themselves in their first two games. Uh, The Flyers have actually started off 2-0, and, you know, there's only one, well, I guess two words to say to that. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Fuck Dallas, also. Fuck Dallas. Dallas fuck Dallas. Dallas, Dallas sucks. fucking Dallas sucks. sucks. Dallas sucks. Yeah, fucking just tear. Uh, yeah, go fuck yourself. Yeah, go fuck yourself, Cooper Rush. Yeah, Cole Beasley. <laughs> He's yeah, Cole Beasley is a, a lifetime he, cowboy. I'm forever. Yeah, I'm forever gonna associate him with the Cowboys, and like as long as we're doing this show, he's gonna make at least one p- appearance an episode. Sorry, not sorry, bitch. But yeah, like this was an overwhelmingly positive Philadelphia sports weekend. And, like, I know, you know, the focus is on um, the Phillies and the Eagles, you know, hopefully beating Dallas tonight. Um, hopefully they put up a 60-burger. But, like, uh, like the, let's, let's give the Flyers a little bit of love, too. Because, like, they're 2-0. I don't think anyone was expecting them to be 2-0. And now, granted, it's only two games. Like, and they started last season, what, 4-1-1? and They started last season very well. And it's only yeah. two games. And the two opponents are not great like Vancouver Vancouver is a pretty mediocre team they're pretty on the Flyers level and the Devils you know I've said this repeatedly and it's well known the Devils suck yeah well yeah I so I I think Lindy Ruff is uh doing not good he's going through it right now with the devil he's so old he's He's so old he's so old he's been coaching for about 60 years yeah I don't know how he 
Like he's definitely gonna be. I feel like he's gonna be one of the first coaches fired. What's like, it? What's it really been? What like twenty five years he's been coaching or something like that? He's been a head coach in the NHL because he was with. I know since the mid nineties. Yeah, I mean he's been with the Sabers, the, and the Stars, and the Devils, and but he was with the Sabers for forever. Yeah. So I don't know. Like it's been at the very least like twenty five years. You know, one could even say it's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah, so he's been at it for a while. But, like, regardless, like, the Devils are going through it right now. The Flyers beat them. Well, the Flyers, that's what they need to do. If the Flyers want to be a competent hockey team, which I I certainly hope they are not because I want Connor Bedard, who is off yeah. to an insane start to his season because he's phenomenal, and I want Connor Bedard so bad. But that's what you have to do if you want to be even a, a decent hockey team is you got to take care of business against teams like the Devils. And they did. They won 5-2. to two. They put up goals. They let up a shit ton of shots. Don't get me wrong. You can't let up 37 shots to a team like the Devils and expect to win games. But they scored, and they scored against Vancouver, too. And yeah. putting up eight goals in two games is beyond my expectations for this team to start the season because we kept asking who's going to score the goals and on that front you actually are off to a wildly great start in your prediction where you said Travis Konechny will probably lead the team in goals because he is kicking ass so far in that front the jerk stores all-time bestseller three goals and two assists through two games I I had a feeling he was gonna have a really good year this year just because like his shooting percentage last, last season was terrible it like the law of averages it had to go up and but what i wasn't expecting was his usage to go up as much as it has like he does not look like the Travis Konechny that we saw the last several years like people we've all talked about like oh is like is there more to tk and like i mean i know it's only two games but after two games i feel like i can confidently say yes there is and we're seeing it he's being used on the pk TK like, on the PK. Oh, wow. TK on the PK. And it's working well. That that pass he made, that bank pass to create the, the breakaway for Scott Lawton on that shorty, like, was masterful. And I give a lot of credit to John Tortorella for making this work because, I'll, like, I don't think anybody ever, ever thought that TK would be a good fit on the, on the penalty kill. And Torts said, fuck it. Let's try it out. And it's working terrifically right now and um i like he said it after the game the other day like he he compared tk to cam atkinson he says they're he thinks they're both very similar players and like honestly they like now that he says it they kind of are like they're both smaller dudes but they're quick they're they're very quick twitch guys um and like i guess like that can be i mean we've seen that cam atkinson's great on the pk so like why not try tk and he's it seems to be working out. And um, I, I, I just, I, I did not expect TK to be so highly thought of by Torts. No, I think a lot of us were expecting TK and Torts to butt heads because TK is, I, I, well, at least our perception is that past coaches have had issues with TK. Uh, I don't know if that's actually been the case, but TK, yeah. you know, he's, seen, he's one of those guys who has disappeared for long stretches and it, that can be frustrating to the fans because you want to see a guy who is out there consistently every night hitting guys, putting up points and playing his game. And I think one of the great things with this TK start and hopefully what we're seeing is an evolution of the player is, you know, it's tough having Claude Giroux get shipped out of town. He was here forever right. and he was the face of this franchise. But 
one of the th- great things about having a guy get that change of pace and, and move on is it gives a chance to the younger guys to then create an identity for themselves and step up. And this is a great opportunity for TK to establish himself as a leader, establish himself as uh, a potential face of the franchise, and be just the the dude for this team. Yeah. There was a book I read a few years back. Uh, Jason Stark wrote a great book after the Phillies won the World Series in 2008. I unfortunately forget the title offhand, but it's, it's a great read. And... He was writing about how that Phillies team, and you know, these intangibles sometimes can be overblown and everything, but I do think it's interesting. And I I do think there is something to it. So he wrote about how that Phillies team, Bobby Abreu was the guy on the team for the first, like from like 2000 something to 2006 or seven until Bobby Abreu was traded. And then when Bobby Abreu was traded, and Bobby Abreu was one of the most, I think, polarizing figures in Philly's history where it's statistically an amazing player. He hit over 300 most years. It would hit a good amount of home runs, uh, but people didn't like his effort. They didn't like Bobby Brayo and Donovan McNabb are almost kindred spirits in this regard where there's just something about the guys they didn't like. And when Bobby Abreu was shipped out of town, you know, it sucked from a statistical perspective to see that uh, he was a guy who produced for sure, but it, what Jason Stark wrote in his book is does that gave an opportunity for the younger guys on the team at the time, like Jimmy Rollins, Chase Sutley, Ryan Howard, to step up and be the guys on the team. So it sucks to see Claude Giroux go because he's an amazing talent, one of the most talented players in Flyers history. But this is really a great opportunity for guys like Travis Konecny and Joel Farabee to step up and become the faces of the Flyers. Right. Yeah. Like someone, somebody had to step up, you know what I mean? And I guess like maybe Travis Konechny was a guy to be like, oh, well, I guess it'll be me. And like, we're seeing it not only on the ice, but off the ice too. Like it, it, like after the first game, after the home opener, it felt like he was like talking different and he was like carrying himself different. And he was talking more about the young guys and like how important it is seeing them like you know, make strides of their own. And like, he's talking like a veteran. And I feel like before, like he, he always talked like TK. He didn't talk like a team leader. And now it feels like he's talking like a team leader. And um, it's really, it's cool. It's like, it's, it's like watching your little brother go on a date or something. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's weird. It's, it's a weird feeling seeing him act this way. My baby but, like, boy is all growing up. He's all grown up. Watching TK go off to prom. Yeah. Yeah. With his literal child. Doesn't he have a child? I believe he has a child. Yeah. It's, it's funny that like, we all have this, this view of TK as like this funny little, little class clown boy, like school boy. But like, he's, he's really kind of, he's maturing a lot. And, um, it, it really is great to see like both on the ice, off the ice in the locker room. Like, I don't know. And and again, I just want to stress it's been literally two games two but games like, shit these two games yeah shit opponents but like these two games have been like you'd like to see it you you do like to see it and while i might not be rooting for the team's success i'm rooting for the success of certain individual players and you know most of the guys on the team i i don't love the makeup of the team but i like 
most of the guys on the team. And Travis Konecki, as you said, we've been watching him his whole career. He is a homegrown talent. He's a guy you want to see succeed. And I, I want him to be here a long time. I want him to be a lifelong flyer if he can. Because I, I do think he'd excel on another team. I think if you put him on the Leafs or the Oilers or somewhere with elite talent on those top lines, he would complement those players. Oh insanely well and pot a ton of points but i would vastly prefer travis connecting to be the guy on the flyers and step up and if he can be one of the star players here that'd be fantastic because again i really like travis connecting i've always liked travis connecting and this is a fantastic start for him and you know there's certain things i'll be watching from the season because this team did beat two bad teams but and i don't want to rain on people's parades i want people to be happy but if we're being realistic, there's no way this team is competing for a Stanley Cup. There's no way this team's even competing to win the division. They might compete for a lower playoff spot. I certainly hope they don't. But I want guys like TK to do well. I want guys like Joel Farabee to do well. Like some of the younger guys that really can step up now without the shadow of Claude Giroux or Jake Voracek in there. Yeah, yeah, no, and, and that's that, luckily that's what we've seen with TK, and like we'll see who else steps up. Um, we saw Morgan Frost step up in Game One, so that was a good sign. I love that, and Morgan Frost is—he doesn't quite have the same issue as TK, where he has been living with this, you know, legend as a captain the whole time. But yeah. Morgan Frost is just a guy who's been trying. He's to had find his own his issues. Game. He's just yeah. been trying to find his game. He doesn't know what his game is, and it, it looks like at least through two games he has a better idea of that and he looks like a more confident player and just looking at some of the the point scorers so far i mean jvr's potted a few assists so far kevin hayes looking pretty good to start the season he saw the people were talking about his speed on the post game the other day but that's not kevin hayes's game he's not a speedster he's not he's a big guy who gets in there but it's good to see him healthy and producing points to start this season after everything he went through last year yeah yeah last year was a really rough year for him and i'm glad he's he looks to be 100%. I remember in uh, the Devils game, he made this one play where, like, he kind of entered the zone and he had a pursuing defender, like, flying towards him. And he made, like, this sick, like, like kind of, like, like puck, puck handle it, like, just really sick move to get around this dude. And I was like, oh, my God, this is, this is not the Kevin Hayes from last season at all. No, no. Kevin Hayes is a talented guy. He's not, yeah. again, he's not a speedster, but he's a very talented guy. And when he can move his body how he wants to move his body, he's a very good hockey player. So it's great to see that to start the season. And again, if this team's going to have a semblance of a chance winning hockey games, they are 100% going to need Kevin Hayes to be at his healthiest because he's, they are going to be relying, relying on him. Even if Sean Couturier comes back at 100%, Kevin Hayes is still going to be one of the top two line centers for this team. And that's a lot of minutes, no matter what, if your top line, your second line, you're getting a ton of minutes at center and they need him for the penalty kill. They need him for one of the power play units. They need Kevin Hayes. Yeah. So, all right. So I just thought of this randomly and I I do, I want to bring this up because we were talking about how like, this is two not so great teams that the Flyers just beat. Well, actually, I don't know about Vancouver. Vancouver could end up. I wouldn't call them great, but I'd call them mediocre. Yeah, I, I mean, I can see them being a playoff team. Yeah, if, but the Devils if things stink. go right, but the Devils are just bad. Like they're they're a horribly coached team right now. Like I think in uh, in their first game at um, like in New Jersey, they already have like fire um, 
Lindy Ruff chants from the crowd. And like, <laughs> yeah, like they were doing uh, the, uh, like go Yankees chants and shit during the game. Like the, the devils are in a bad place. They have to make, they have to fire Lindy Ruff. Um, but what's good about the, even though like regardless of the opponent or the quality of the opponent, both games, the Flyers responded after being down early, which is something they did not do at all, really, in the, in the last few years, like whenever when something goes wrong, it just keeps going more wrong afterwards. And game one, Carter Hartlett's in that kind of not so great goal, trickles past him, and then Wade Allison scores, and then all of a sudden, I, I think it was TK who scored after him, and then it just it just felt like it kept going, it kept happening and they kept building like they didn't they didn't let their early struggles get the best of them like they did previously like they fought back and they were resilient yes and that is a big again. thing to see out of this yeah team. that's huge like I don't even care about the wins or the losses I really don't like as long as I'm seeing that the Flyers are bouncing back and being resilient after falling into an early hole or something's just not going right for them like, that's what I like to see. And then it happened again against Vancouver. They were down 2 nothing. And the hilarious thing about it is they were out shooting the shit out of Vancouver. And I think it was, I think shots were like, it was something hilarious, like 15 to 4 or something like that. And they were down 2 nothing. <laughs> and um, <laughs> not Carter Hart's like, best game, that one. Well, not to start, but he again bounced yeah. back and collected himself and won that game for them. Cause down the stretch, he had some incredible saves. Like he had yeah. one sprawling save with his pad late in that game that, that pretty much saved the game right there. Yeah. I think Hart's still dealing with some rust after like not playing at all in the uh, preseason. So like maybe that's still, you know, kind of there, but like, but that's true though, though, like he had a couple bad goals to start off both games. And then in Vancouver, they were down two goals and then they just fought back and then they ended up scoring three straight unanswered. And then they win the game. And it's like, this is, that's different. That is a different, different, much different behavior than what we've seen in like recent years. And so that's exciting. And again, I don't know if this is sustainable for the whole season. Probably not. Like I, I do not expect the Flyers to go to the playoffs. Um, and you know what? Maybe maybe I was wrong in my in my. Uh, we, we did a little roundtable piece for Broad Street Hockey. Great website here. You should oh, wow. you should read it. In our predictions, we all pretty much almost unanimously we all pretty much said like, yeah, the Flyers are going to come in last place in the Metro. That might not be the case. Like after what we've seen, if they continue this like newfound resilient trait that they have, this new resiliency that they have, then maybe they'll be better. I still don't expect them to be in the playoffs. But like, you know what? I'm cool with watching a team respond after going down 2 nothing and fighting back. And this is what John Tortorella has been talking about. A lot of times when Flyers fans hear Chuck Fletcher say, I want us to be hard to play against, they, they sh- a lot of people freak out because his version of being hard to play against is being tough and gritty and, and having Ristolainen type players on the team. But John Tortorella's, John Tortorella's idea of being hard to play against, and which he has said many times in the last few days, is responding after being down and like having other, other teams come into the Flyers arena and like being able to get an early lead and thinking, fuck, we are not out of this yet. And then the Flyers end up fighting back. Like that's being tough to play against, being resilient. 
And right now the flies are showing that, and that is a welcome, welcome sight right now. So I don't know. This I, Again, I don't think the Flyers are a playoff team or anything like that. I don't even know if that's necessarily even good for them to be a playoff team this year. But like I can it's tell not, you right now, it's exciting to see this this kind of shift taking place. Well, they have a pulse. This has been a corpse yeah. of a team for the last two years, and they've been just uninteresting to watch, not fun yeah. in the slightest. They have a pulse. And it's been great to see Tortorella just come in here and be that blunt John Tortorella and not try to sugarcoat things because mm-hmm. you're used to the GM speak where they will, like, you know, Ron Hextall will get in there and be like, Andrew McDonald's a pivotal part of this team. Sure, Ron. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, like, it's nice to see Tortorella come in here and be like, I don't think we're good at anything. Uh, we need to just, nobody respects us in this league. He's coming mm-hmm. out here spitting truth and yeah, I love to see that. Like that, I'm here for John Tortorella just, you know, blowing shit up. Some could say he's even negging the Flyers at this point, but he's he's yeah. just being truthful. He's just saying it. He's telling it how it is. And this isn't a team that's been particularly good at anything. This isn't a team that has shown guts or heart, really, in the past couple of years. And this isn't a team that does anything really well. So it's good to see them score some damn goals to start the season and actually like play uh, a semblance of flyers hockey out there and get in the corners and scrap it up. I mean, Nick Delorier is not good, but he did at least get into a fight already. And you know, there was some guys around. There was this one shift he had in game one where like he, he made like, I guess what some would consider to be a move around someone. And like, like me and Maddie and Charlie were all like sitting like, like side by side by side in the press box. And we were all like, no fucking way. And like, of course it resulted in nothing. I don't even know if like the puck, even if it registered as a shot on net or anything, but we were like, Oh my God. Like if that (laughs) happened, if that happened, that would have been holy shit level. Hilarious. Nick Delurie. just entered the matrix. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no, I mean, you know what? It's, uh, let me say this. I feel like a lot of people after these first two games are miserable. Because they're like, I need them to lose. This is bullshit. They're just going to blow it, blah, blah, blah. You know what? Just enjoy these two games. Enjoy that they have that they have a pulse again and that things are changing. That's good. Like, change is good for this team, at least. They need, cha- they need to change. They have been doing yeah. the same shit for a decade at this point, and it has stunk. It has stunk big time. And it's nice to see that change. You know, again, we, we none of us wanted to see Claude Giroux go or Jake Voracek or Wayne Simmons yeah. or any of those guys. But uh, you need to change things up because nothing worked. You tried it with that group. Nothing worked. It was time to move on. What's that song? Bittersweet, Bittersweet Symphony by the Verb. Can't change. I can change because I'm here in my mode. It's gonna it's gonna do the whole thing, huh? Just go run down oh, yeah. the verb here. here. In yeah. my mo- there's a million different. Okay, yeah. I'm I was I've just been listening to best of the '90s uh, playlists for the past like two weeks, so that's definitely come on a couple times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The one, talk about a one-hit wonder, but uh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. like they, you know what? It's just it's exciting to see this this change happening, and um, right now it's just you know what? Enjoy it, enjoy it right now because it. I don't know if it'll last the whole season. So I don't think it's going to last through the happening. week because they play Tampa and Florida this week. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be uh, not fun. Those are very good hockey teams that if you want to gauge where you're at, that is a hell of a test. That is like, 
I don't know, going from a, a simple spelling test to taking the SATs, you know, it's it's going to be a yeah. rough ride and they have them back to back on the road. So we're going to see what they have to offer. But again, I, I again, how I'm taking it, I am not really expecting anything. I've lowered my expectations to the point where I, I kind of am emotionally dead towards this team, but I am enjoying individual performances. Uh, seeing Wade Allison score that slam dunk goal was awesome. Yeah, I that love was awesome. Wade Allison. And if he can stay healthy, as I've said a couple times, I think he's going to be a fan fra- fa- fan favorite on this team. I think a lot of people are going to enjoy Wade Allison. Uh, the comparison since day one has been Scott Hartnell, the new Steve Hartnell out there. And he plays yeah. like Scott Hartnell. Like he is a guy who, if he stays healthy, will be a lot of fun. He'll be playing that, you know, Flyers hockey trademark that you put out there. Uh, Scott Lawton's gotten a goal. I mean, Frost has two goals, as we said. Tanner Zinsky's got a couple of assists, which is great. I really, you know, we were talking about Tanner as a fourth liner. He's probably the most exciting part of the fourth line. And I I think if Tanner can be a solid contributor to this team on the bottom six, I'm very happy with that. I have got to give Tanner Lazinski some props because that first game, he had, I think he had two assists because he had the, yeah, he had the empty net assist to Morgan Frost. I believe that counted as an assist. And then his other assist to Morgan Frost earlier on in the game, like beautiful behind the net feed to Frost for the goal. And it was just, that was really, really nice. And he's been getting, he's gotten a lot of trust from Torts. Which is, I mean, you love to see that, obviously, especially as a younger player. And, like, I, I wasn't exactly high on Lazinski going into this season. Like, I wasn't blown away by his summer. Um, and, you know, it's just, it's good to see him really, like, showing up these first couple games. So, yeah, if he keeps this pace, I mean, it, that's great. It, and, you know, we've talked ad nauseum about how, like, there's not any high-end talent on this team. But, like, you know what? You like to see these 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 marginal improvements from these younger guys and if they keep it going that's that's obviously great for the flyers future if you want to compete in the next couple years you are going to need these guys at some point you are going to still need a ton of homegrown talent okay can't all just be mercenaries that you sign from elsewhere you're going to need to use like track again this is why i'm excited about guys like allison konechny farabee frost and Lazinski over here stepping up because you need these guys to succeed. You need homegrown talent to succeed in this league. And, you know, I know people want to say like, oh, just dump the entire team, get rid of everything. But it's just not a realistic proposition. You can't build a hockey team that way. And it, it would be stupid because they actually have good players that they've homegrown here. Like they're not all-star players, but they're good players. They're solid players. And one of those guys is Travis Sanheim who I know has mm-hmm. gotten a lot of criticism, but I have always liked Travis Sanheim. I think he's been a rock-solid defenseman for this team for the most part. He's made some mistakes here and there, but everybody makes mistakes, and just because he doesn't crunch guys with hits doesn't mean that he is a bad defenseman, even though people like to think that here. But for some reason, Chuck Fletcher thought, Chucky no trade clause over here, thought that it would be a good idea to sign his young defenseman to a monster extension right before the season started. So I think hours before literally first, hours, yeah. First game of the season, the Flyers came out and announced that Travis Sanheim had signed an eight year extension with a six point two five million cap hit each season. And you know, I, I saw some people bothered by the cap hit. I'm not too bothered by the cap hit. I think that's going to age really well as the cap rises in uh, later years and everything. And I think that's going to become more of a standard for a defenseman. So I'm not worried about that. But the eight years, you know, that's a that's a that's hefty a boy. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of years. 
Travis Sanheim's 26 years old, so that'll take him into his mid-30s. Uh, so I'm not... I think there... I think it's not the worst extension year-wise because he is 26, and I think... I don't think his style of game is going to age poorly. I think if he gets smarter with the puck, I think if he gets crafty like Kimo Timonen or something, I think this could be very good for the Flyers. But you just have to hope he continues to evolve his game and get craftier and everything. Because he's not like... like I don't think Risto is going to age... Well, again, you say what you will about yeah. Risto now. but <laughs> Going to age well. I don't yeah. think he has aged well. Physical players don't tend to age well. Like, look at Wayne Simmons right now. We all love Wayne Simmons, but Wayne Simmons didn't you know he didn't even make the Leafs opening night roster this year and Mike Richards I mean Mike Richards the guy I definitely expected to still be in the game Mike Richards been out of the game for years now these physical players tend to age more poorly than these guys who were either you know like Sidney Crosby still playing at a high level because Sidney Crosby's well number one he's a a phenom right but he's also a guy who I guess he's more physical than you give him credit for but he's not physical as say like a Mike Richards was yeah. Yeah. Like, and well, Rista Linens, he's a weird example because like, yeah, he's, it was the only physical like, defenseman on the team I could really think of, to be honest with yeah. you. Like Chris Pronger was a guy who he ended up having fluke injuries or else he would have kept playing until like, he probably would have played his entire Flyers contract and yeah, at a high yeah. level if he hadn't had his fluke injuries, but he had the, I believe an eye injury, he had the concussion, you know, just mm-hmm. stuff that, it was, you know, it's hard to really control. It's not, it, despite the fact that people might tell Eric Lindros that he could have controlled the concussion. You can't control the concussion over there. And, but you know, the, the point is, physical players don't often evolve like Chris Pronger, where when he was young, he's, I mean, he's a monster, right? He's a huge man, Chris Pronger. And he played a very physical game, but Chris Pronger had to evolve. He had to become. He still played physical, but he became a lot smarter about how he played. And yeah. th- that's where the craftiness comes into play. And I think somebody like Sanheim, Kimo Timonen also, he he relied more on like speed and everything when he was younger. But Kimo Timonen just had to become a really smart defenseman later in his career. And I think somebody like Travis Sanheim is certainly capable of doing that. I just want to see him maybe step up in the next year or two to make me feel a little bit better about the remaining seven or six years on that contract. Yeah, and I think we could. Like, I mean, he's still a younger guy. It's not like he's, you know, like almost 30 or anything like that. Like, I think we could still see a little more from Sanheim. And, you know, listen, as the team improves, I think Sanheim will improve. Um, I think down, like, I think four or five years down the road, three, three, four, five years down the road, I think Travis Sanheim's contract will look a lot better. And I think... um, People will be happy with it at that point because he is a good player. Like I, I like there's this weird belief amongst like there's a weird portion of the Flyers fan base that thinks Sanheim sucks. And it's so wrong. Like how where that's not even true. He's a good player. And is he flawed? I mean, yeah, but every every single player is. And um, you'd like to see him be more physical. But like I'm very OK with this current Travis Sanheim player. And if this contract is what it takes to keep him around for a while, cool. You know what? I'm cool with it. So, um, yeah, I'm happy with it. Now, honestly, when I was talking to Maddie about this, is um, I, I'm, I'm like relieved about this contract because for pretty much this entire season, I was like, 
dreading the trade deadline because I was like, my thought process was, oh man, well at the trade deadline, they're probably going to trade Travis Sanheim. And now at least I know they're not going to be doing that. Yeah, really at this point, the only like tradable assets on the defensive, like defensively are like Tony D'Angelo. Um, I mean, you can't really trade Erasmus Ristolainen. and no one wants that contract, but like, you never know. I'm Chuck d- Fletcher wanted him. Yeah, this is true. Maybe, hey, maybe when the Flyers fire Chuck Fletcher, he's going to go to a different team and then he's going to trade for Risto from that the Flyers. That's right. I think it's going to happen. I think you just predicted the future. That would be great. I That's can't imagine. Can, can you imagine? I, I think actually less realistic than trading Risto is another NHL team hiring Chuck Fletcher to be a general manager after this. Yeah, game. really. It's just butchery he's done the past few years. Oh, my God. Can you imagine that just going into that job interview and being like, so, Chuck, uh, let's talk about some of your great moves with the Flyers. Let's talk about trading Shane Gostas Bear with a second round pick and some other stuff. You know, and then he went on to just score a shit ton of points for the Coyotes. Let's talk about trading for Rasmus Ristolainen and not trading him at the deadline and then signing him to this just monster extension. Oh, my God. But they, you think something has to give with the defense right now, because if you're looking at the cap hits next year, you've got Provorov at 6.75, TDA at 5.1, and oh no, Risto's at 5.1, TDA's at a straight 5, and Sandheim's getting bumped up to a 6.25. So... You'd think something has to give as far as those those cap hits. Somebody's got to go. And we've talked about Provorov. I think TDA is going to be a tradable asset. And frankly, I would love to just trade both of the top pairing guys right now. But I'm not thinking that's a realistic option. But who knows? I mean, yeah. if there's a, a change in the general manager, who knows what the new guy would bring. I will say this. Uh, I know I saw some people were a little concerned with Sanheim's play in the Devils game because, I mean, that game was literally hours after he got that contract extension. I wouldn't make too much out of that because, like, listen, I'll be honest with you. If I was Travis Sanheim and I got that contract, what's the first thing I'm doing? I'm taking shots, Bubby. Like, <laughs> immediately. Immediately. So he might have been a little uh, – I'm obviously joking saying this. Perhaps he was just blitzed on the ice. I would have been. Maybe he was just overjoyed to have some financial security. And yeah. I don't know. It, it, that's why it was a weird move by Chuck Fletcher to announce this, to nail this down right before the game. Like, why wouldn't you wait until the weekend or something? Like, they have a nice two-game, three-game lull between now and when they play their Florida swing. So why wouldn't you wait until now to do it? But I'm not, I don't know how general manager works, and I'm not going to pretend to. So who knows but i wouldn't be too concerned it's one game i mean the people that are concerned are generally the people that don't like travis sanheim to start with the people that yeah are looking for an excuse to hate on the guy so i'm not concerned i think he's a very very solid defenseman and i'm not too concerned with this contract i think it's you know it's always risky to sign somebody to an eight-year contract we saw this with sean couturier who signed him to a contract and then he immediately developed just horrific back injuries so uh who knows what'll happen but you know it's it's a risky thing but he's also in his mid-20s and it could be a very good thing and it could be a good way to control the cap moving forward for this team. Yes, I agree. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. 
With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Speaking of defensemen and speaking of injuries, we have to talk about how Ryan Ellis got booed. Oh, yeah. So I, I didn't. That was fucking crazy. I wasn't really watching with the sound on, so I didn't hear it, but you were there, so maybe you could describe the scene to everybody. So, okay, so they're going through player introductions, and I feel like the loudest cheers, I think, were for Travis Konechny. We talked earlier, you talked earlier about Wade Allison becoming a fan favorite. He got a loud cheer. Like, people love Wade Allison already. So, uh, Wade Allison, Travis Konechny, Carter Hart got a big cheer. I think Owen Tippett got a really got a pretty good cheer too, which was good to see. I know he's dealing with an injury right now, but they were going through the injured players and you know, they had Sean Couturier and everyone was like, coots. And and then they got through some of the other players. They get to Ryan Ellis. And I like, I was joking in the press box, like, Oh, so there's like, he's alive. Like there's visual evidence that he is in fact living still. And he's still part of the organization. And they announced Ryan Ellis and there are loud boos. Not everybody, but like... But the people that booed were lusty. Oh, it was lustily, yeah. They lustily booed Ryan Ellis. There was a, like, I mean, very loud boos. And I was shocked. And Ryan Ellis was like, he was very shocked. Like, uh. they showed him on the Jumbotron and he was like, oh, fuck. And like, I, I don't know. You know what I think it is here, Ryan, is I think it's there There were some rumors going around that Ryan Ellis just flat out didn't want to play for the Flyers, just didn't want to be a part of the organization. And that's why he didn't come back, blah, blah, blah. I, I found those could be absurd, frankly. But they I are. also, you know, whatever. But I think the people that were booing did not think they were absurd and thought they were very, very real and true. So I, I think that's why the booing was like it was. Yeah, I mean, it, that's a, a ridiculous report. and it, it, I don't even know if that's a report. Did people... It's, it's a rumor that? as far as I know. I, I don't even remember the exact details on it, but I, I do remember something like that being out there. So I think there's this perception with Ryan Ellis, because I have a friend who also tends to read some news sources I wouldn't read about the Flyers, okay? 
And he was telling me about this and I was like, I don't know if I buy that. I don't know if I buy that. There are people that thoroughly believe that Ryan Ellis just does not want to be a part of the Flyers, doesn't give a shit about hockey. I I had actually written a flaper blog making fun of this, but then I, I just never published it for whatever reason. Maybe I'll still put it out there. But, you know, there is a perception that Ryan Ellis just simply does not want to be here, does not give a shit. And, and that's... I, Philadelphia respects the hustle. They respect the passion. Bryce Harper has become the king of pandering to it. He was out in a presser yesterday talking about, you just got to play hard. That's all people want. And people are going to eat that up because that is, you know, what the people of Philly want. But if you tell them the opposite, that somebody doesn't want to be here, that they don't care. Like that was when I talked about Bobby Abreu and Donovan McNabb earlier, that was always the perception with people is that they were just like apathetic. They didn't care. They were in it for the money, blah, blah, blah. And I, there is this perception with certain people that Ryan Ellis does not give one single fuck about the Flyers or hockey and is just like not even as hurt as he says or some shit. He's definitely hurt, guys. He's definitely hurt. I think he would be out there if he could be, but I don't know. I, I don't none know where that, the shit comes okay. from and I don't understand yeah, these people. None but. of that is true. That is the most insane bullshit I've ever heard. And if you believe that, you're so dumb. It's not even funny. Um, but, and yeah, I don't know. But, let me say, like, if you're listening to this and you booed Ryan Ellis, like, what the fuck? <laughs> that was that was so cringe to me because it's just like, you, like, and granted, they might have been booing because they thought he doesn't care. First of all, that's the dumbest thing ever. And if you're booing because he's hurt, like, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? Like, what's what the hell's wrong with you? So, like, that was crazy. And Ryan Ellis does not deserve to be booed. He can't help that he's hurt. He wants to be in Philly. He's said multiple times, like, he wants to be part of the solution in, for the Flyers. And, like, unfortunately, that's probably not going to happen. I think his playing career is over. But, like, you know what? Like That's not his fault. He didn't Don't choose to be. Yeah. He didn't choose for his entire, like, groin area to be, like, fucking fucked up or whatever it is. Yeah. I think that's the last thing he would want. That sounds like hell. Yes. It sounds awful. And just, I felt so bad for him because like he was so, so like, he was really shocked that he, that there were boos for him. And I, I was, I was not expecting that at all. I thought there was just going to be, you know, like a golf clap <laughs> for him basically. Like, yeah. oh, there he is. or crickets like, or something. Yeah. Yeah. But like for flat out, just like venomous booze coming from the crowd. I was like, what the fuck? Dude? I, that think, is I think there's some misinformation going around. And I think some people drank that Kool-Aid. Uh, pro- maybe. I don't know. I think that would be the yeah. only reason in my mind to boo a guy like that, because otherwise, I guess maybe some people might think he's a lemon. So that's why they're booing him. But like, I don't, I don't think it would be that loud if they were just upset about him being, a lemon. I think yeah. it's that loud because they have drank this Kool-Aid that says he does not want to be here. He doesn't want to play hockey. They really, truly believe that. Yeah, that's, again, ludicrous. But I guess people are going to believe what they want to believe. So. People will... We're in a day and age of a lot of misinformation and fake news out there. People will... Fake news. Fake news. I, I, I always hate that that was co-opted by uh, certain public figures because it is a very real problem in this world and a very it's part of why i haven't been on i have a facebook account i probably should just 
deactivate it, to be honest with you. But I haven't been on Facebook since 2016 because I got so tired of the misinformation and fake news. that. <laughs> what happened in 2016? I don't want to talk about it. I'm not, don't answer that question. <laughs> I will not answer that question. But that question. I think we can connect a lot of dots here for smart people. And I like to think that Fly Herbally listeners are some of the smartest people of the entire Flyers fan base. So I think we can all connect the dots here. But I, I'd like to have a cringe off now because you said that was cringe. But what's what's the most cringe of these three things? Booing okay. Ryan Ellis. Ville Leno starting a fashion line called oh. Bill Bano. Or... Oh. The Flyers' new hashtag, fueled by Philly. The answer is clearly Billy Bano. That's just... <laughs> that's fucking crazy. The fueled by Philly thing sounds like something... Like, I get what they're going for, but, like, that sounds like something that, like... It sounds like Duncan, Wawa to me. It's, yeah, Duncan Philly. Or yeah, like Duncan Philly or Wawa. Wawa. Yeah, it's, yeah. Some, some sort Philly. of, like, quick grab-and-go food It's what it sounds yes. like. Hey, Philly, get fueled by the Philadelphia Flyers today with the new Duncan deal. Yeah. Maybe maybe it is a Duncan crossover because the Flyers need, you know, whatever cash and flow they can get going. Not a huge fan of the new hashtag, but it could be it could be worse. It also kind of reminds me, I, I, well, but going back to the hashtag real quick before we move on to Billy Bano, it also yeah. kind of reminds me, it just makes me think of Metallica's uh, late 90s uh, song Fuel. Give me fuel, oh, give yeah. me fire, give me that which I desire. Oh, yo! Oh, um, yo, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I mean, I guess, well, now that you put it that way, I kind of like it more. Okay. So there you go. They but, get the, the yeah. Metallica, uh, the later short haired Metallica, uh, hit right there. Yeah. One of the few hits they had from that era, because those, those albums are terrible. The Billy Bano thing though, is like, is he doing this? Is he trying to like, is it like a play on billabong or something like, i have no idea and so i went to so hinkle and i went to a unveiling thing for the new club level and they completely renovated the club level at the wells fargo center i gotta say it looks great uh the experience was fantastic it definitely feels like an upgrade the old club level felt a little outdated a little bit you know it was outdated it was built in the 90s right and it needed an upgrade. So I think they did a great job. The food vendors they brought in are great. They have like Jose Garces and uh, Steven Starr and Mark Vetri. So big time Philadelphia celebrity chefs. And everything was really cool. It was a great experience. But at one point, Phil Elena was there with the little Billy Bano store. And <laughs> I really wanted to put on the video on my phone and go up and say, Ville, bud, what the fuck is with the name? Why is it what's Billy Bano? Here, what's what's going on here, my guy? I respect the hell out of your one great year with the Flyers. What a pickup by Hol- Paul Holmgren you were. You were phenomenal in that 2010 playoffs playing with Danny Briere and Scott Hartnell. What a line those guys were. And I respect the hell out of you just getting a, a monster contract out of the Buffalo Sabres and not giving anything to the Buffalo Sabres because the Buffalo Sabres... I still have uh, feelings of, uh, not, not quite hate, but I, I've never liked the Sabres because of their Flyers rivalry. So, and I'm not going, I, I, I love that Villeleno was a great Flyer for half a season. Okay. Absolutely love it. But I really just wanted to go up and say, Billy Bano, are you serious? <laughs> what is this? What the I hell is this? I want to know what his thought process was. Yeah. I want to know what went behind the creation of that name because it's wild. It it's is wild, wild name. but I got to say the stuff was nice. It was good stuff. Oh, well, that's good. 
Yeah, he had this one okay. Bernie Perrant shirt that was just like the old school mask, and it said like Bernie. Like it was, it was pretty dope. Like everything was co- the jackets were really cool. Uh, he had like a Flyers baseball jersey, which I think they're wearing in the locker room with like a bat for like the player of the game now. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, I I thought it was good stuff. I just looked at the name and I, it was Billy Bano. What? A little more effort could have been put into that. This is my my new fashion line, like uh, Keeve Kako. Like what? Keeve Kako. Yeah. What? What is this? God. Well, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else. Listen, I'm not someone who's ever going to start a fashion line, so I have no fucking idea what I'm. You're not. Mine. You're not. I always go, Steve. I always go to you for so. fashion tips, and you. <laughs> Oh, it's all been a farce. It's all Remember, just... Steve, God when damn. you go out on a Saturday night, make sure to wear lounge pants and slippers. <laughs> As somebody who pretty much walked around like a South Philly mobster today, you know, that sounds like good advice to me. Like somebody, I, I walked around in joggers and uh, a, a Adidas track jacket today. So And with aviators on. So I definitely, you know, was a Polly Walnuts special. Oh, man. Polly Walnuts. Paul Rip, didn't he, he died recently, he? Didn't he did die recently, and uh, the, yeah. the Morin Mafia is still very upset about it, along with uh, Samuel Morin. That's sad. It is sad. Ah, Polly Walnuts, what a great character. I am, I'm still upset about that, but, you know, he's also a pretty old guy. Yeah. Yeah. Ten, uh, you know, according to statistics, old people tend to die. <laughs> so. Is that how it works? It's, it's been known to happen. <laughs> it has been known to happen, that's true. It's known, been known to happen. And what's also been known to happen is for me to get excited about snacks. Okay. I went to this club oh. level thing with Kelly because I love snacks. I'm like, oh, free snacks. I got sliders. I got pizza. I got a little bit of steak. I got some uh, some drinks. It was great. Uh, but the Wells Fargo Center has a bunch of different new concession stands this year. There's a Jose Garza's Mexican street food one. There's a Ninth Street Italian sandwiches, the Goop, First Line Steaks, Patty and Sons Grill, Melissa's Produce. And then Trending Tastes was one of them. Trending Tastes. So let me read the description for Trending Tastes because I find this one to be very flyperbly relevant here. So get a taste <laughs> of the trendiest bites and some classic favorites at the brand new Trending Tastes. With a menu inspired by the latest trends on social media, this stand is sure to satisfy every foodie. The menu items will rotate as trends change. And I'm about to read what the initial menu includes, but Jason and Kelly in the Slack were calling this the, the Guy Fieri collection or something along those lines, basically. Uh, the Guy Fieri oh. uh, line right here. And it is extremely Guy Fieri. And as it is extremely Guy Fieri, it is extremely flyperbole because we love Guy Fieri on this show. We love to go to Flavortown, baby. Get in, losers. We're getting some donkey sauce. So initial menu includes a hot Cheetos bubble waffle with hot Cheeto crusted chicken tenders, Belgian bubble waffle, and a ranch aioli. Good Lord. Oh. Oh, man. Now, I don't know. Does this sound appealing to you, or does this sound like I am going to spend the night on the toilet? I mean, I loved, like, all right, so a Belgian bubble waffle? Great. A hot Cheeto crusted chicken tenders? I would try. I mean, I love chicken tenders, so I'd try that. But, like, all those things put together. And and I like chicken and waffles, but, like. I love chicken and waffles, yeah. Yeah, chicken and waffles is great. But there's something about the uh, the hot Cheeto. I like the ranch aioli, but the hot Cheeto. And I've always wanted to like 
the hot Cheeto style thing. Like I recently got, they made a hot cheddar and sour cream chip, hot Cheeto style. Uh, cause I think Lay's is the same company as, uh, you know, that makes Cheetos as well. And it was like the LeBron James special one. I got it on GoPuff one day. I'm like, how bad could it be? And the, the, the hot whatever just does not appeal to my flavor, to my taste buds right here. It just does not work for me. And I can barely eat that stuff. Yeah. If I'm having like chicken and waffles, I want the chicken to be crispy, but not straight up hot. And yeah, right. that sounds rough. And like, I'd rather have honest, a Nashville like, hot chicken if I'm going to have it like hot, to be honest with you, than a hot cheese. Right. right. Yeah. And like, uh, I think we've talked about this before. I just have like a vendetta against like condiments. So like the ranch aioli can just fuck off to hell. Oh, see, I, I like the ranch aioli part. I think that's good. I think uh, you consider an aioli a condiment. I think that's more of a, a spread. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I guess it is. Yeah. I guess it's kind uh, of a condiment, yeah, but guess. like, wait, I didn't, what do you mean you have a vendetta against condiments? Yeah. So I, and, and I just realized I also have a vendetta against warm drinks as well. Oh my God. Tom McCarthy over here. Not a big fan of, of did warm you, dr- did like, you hear this? I, I tweeted about this yesterday. Oh really? So Tom McCarthy from the Phillies was so on the radio broadcast because Tom McCarthy's not doing the TV broadcast currently. Uh, they're doing Scott Fransky uh, in the first like uh, three or four innings, and then Tom McCarthy in the middle, and then Scott Fransky at the end. And uh, longtime listeners will know I'm a huge Scott Fransky fan. I think he's my favorite current broadcaster, to be honest with you, him and Jim Jackson. So, but T Mac, you know, did a, a decent job on the radio in the middle. But at one point, he's talking to Larry Anderson, who's a longtime Phillies color commentator on the radio, and he's like asking him if he got his coffee extra strong, like he likes it in the morning. And he's like, "Oh yeah, I did." T Mac, and uh, he's like, "Do you have to ask for it that way?" And then T Mac's like, "I don't think I've ever finished a cup of coffee." And Larry Anderson's like, uh, "What?" <laughs> and T Mac then said, "I don't like hot." drinks i don't like hot beverages so apparently you and tom mccarthy have a lot in common quigs i don't know what it is it's just like room temperature or cold I'm, i love it but like if it's warm it just feels weird to drink really like uh, yeah i can't do it like, i drink hot and tea I think this with is... this podcast almost every episode because it's yeah, great for my that's throat like your thing. but i also enjoy hot tea like coffee i like uh, I'm not a coffee guy. I can I've I can get down with an iced coffee, but like even even that I don't really have. But once every like literally blue moon. Yeah, warm drinks just I don't know. I'm not a fan of warm drinks. You don't drinks. like a hot chocolate, a hot cocoa in the winter? I don't. I don't. Wow. I really don't. I don't know what it is. Wow. And then with the condiments thing, like I don't use mustard, ketchup, uh may What mayo do you eat? Or, I mean, if I have a hot dog, I just have the what hot dog. What about barbecue sauce? Do you use barbecue sauce? Well, okay. So I'll use, like, if I'm getting, like, wings, then yeah, I'll put, like, I'll get sauce on that. But that, but if you get hot wings, like if you get hot wings, do you use, like, a blue cheese or a ranch on the side? Oh, hell no. Wow. No this way. Is, this is startling information to me. This is very startling. Yeah. Wow. No, so I, no I mustard on, like, you don't do anything on a hot dog? Nothing? Nah. It's just frill. What, what, wait, what do you do when you eat a sandwich? Do you just have a dry sandwich? Well, I mean, well, I guess if I'm having like a club sandwich, I'll just have whatever the, well, club is, I think a club, I don't even eat club usually, so I don't know. But like, do you make sandwiches for yourself at home? Do you just make like a, a, like a ham and cheese sandwich? Like, 
I'll make a PB and J. But you don't eat like like a cold cut sandwich. Uh, typically, if I'm gonna have a cold cut sandwich, I'll just there's this really good corner store down from like literally a block from my apartment. I'll just go there and they sell. What do they? They put have on the it? best sandwiches. What do they put? Uh, on? They have, uh, and I guess they do have vodka. It's like some sort of aioli thing. Um, but like it's See, turkey. Okay. okay. I don't think you have a problem with the aioli, aioli then my friend. I don't think you do. I guess I think, not, it, I think yeah. it's in your head. It's all psychological. Guess, I'm just not, I, I'm not going to be the one putting it on there. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> if it just comes this with it on so it, weird. I'll have it. This is if so I, weird. If it comes with it on it, I'm going to have it and I'm going to probably be fine with it. But like, okay. I'm not going to, I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I feel like I don't have, no. I just don't need it. Okay, fair enough. All right, I just kind of blew my mind here, but uh, okay. So we're we're giving a we're giving a thumbs down. Needs more donkey sauce to the hot Cheetos bubble waffle then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, not for us here. And uh, a bubble waffle's great. I have an ice cream place on Passyunk I go to all the time called Arctic Scoop that does a delightful bubble waffle like ice cream sundae thing. It's fantastic. This all could be very good, but I think the hot Cheeto is a. Uh, a no for us. Sorry to the TikTok uh, trendsetters on that one. Yeah. Hate to but I'm never actually sorry to the TikTok trendsetters. So sorry, not sorry. Right there. Yeah. Next up, we have pistachios. And I, I think I'm saying this right. It, my brain wants yeah. to say pistachio when I see it written. Yeah, like that's that, what I thought it said. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a pasta chip nacho, which I've never heard of this. I am also 38, so I don't know trends. I am not with the uh, the kids on this one. Uh, this is lasagna crisps, balsamic bruschetta, bruschetta, lemon pepper ricotta, long hot relish, and shaved parmesan. I have no interest in this. This sounds terrible to me. This yeah, sounds just sound abysmal good. to me. I don't want to eat this at all. It sounds like something that people who... Like, it sounds like they're trying to make... This is, like, too trendy. This is just, like, you're just recreating the wheel, and the wheel is triangular, and it doesn't work. They're trying to make trendy nachos for fancy people, it feels like. That's exactly what it is. No, I want no part of this. Not for us. You need a a gallon of donkey sauce for that sucker. I'll just eat the donkey sauce instead. Next up, this one's not even a trend. This is just good. Yeah, Bavarian pretzel, good. grain mustard, beer cheese, garlic butter. This is just good. That's a, 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 a full trip to Flavortown. I don't even have to discuss it. This is just good. I'm, s- I'm such a dirty whore for Bavarian pretzels. Yes. Let's just go to a beer hall and get giant beers and Bavarian pretzels, and it's I'm in heaven. Favorite. It's great. I love it. Let's go yeah. right now. Let's go. 10 out of 10 for the Bavarian pretzel. All right. Fantastic. And then last up is fried mac and cheese, which is a four cheese mac and spicy marinara. I mean, I, I don't know how spicy I want that marinara. Maybe uh, yeah. if it's too spicy, I don't necessarily want to You know, you can't really go wrong with fried mac and cheese. It's all terrible for you. But, you know, it's good stuff. So, uh, sure, I'm, I'm in. Yeah, sounds good enough to me. Yeah. It's better than that fucking pistachios oh pistachios no thank you so i think we're going if we do if we did a ranking it'd be bavarian pretzel fried mac and cheese hot cheetos bubble waffle pistachios yes yes i would agree we're in agreement okay despite not agreeing on condiments or hot beverages we did agree on the order of this and uh if the flyers could just keep supplying us with the updated menus i will just keep doing these rankings every month because i could talk about food all day and i could talk about weird food like this all day in particular Oh, yeah. 
It's fun. It's like, yeah, no, this is very much Guy Fieri's like bullshit right here. So like, <laughs> it very much is a hundred percent. One day we got to get him on the show and he'll do the, uh, He'll do the rankings with us. Oh, God. If I could get... I just want to go around the Wells Fargo Center with Guy Fieri being a fat ass, and my life would be complete right there. And then I'll take him to my favorite spots on Pass Young later. Like, it, we could have a good time. I know he's been to Stogie Joe's before, so he uh, he at least has been to a couple <laughs> places. Stogie yeah, Joe's. No, he's, he's, he's pretty connected, I feel like, with the Philly... Uh, the Philly scene, he knows. So. He knows what's up. Yeah. He's been to Woodrow's. He knows what's up. Woodrow's. Woodrow's. Uh, so, Quiggs, before we go, I just wanted to mention, so last night I did a ridiculous 14-pick parlay to see. <laughs> I would have won, if I had won this, I put $1 down, I would have won over $1,000 if I had done this. I did, the bet was, I picked a point score from every NHL game yesterday. So, okay. of my, my 14 games, how many do you think I got wrong? You picked a point scorer for all the 14 games yesterday. Yes. How many do I think you got wrong? Yes. Uh, three. Wow! That's exactly how many I got wrong. Wow! Holy shit! So at one point yesterday, at one point during the slate of 7 and 7.30 p.m. games, the only one I had wrong at that point was the Bruins game. And that was, I picked Patrice Bergeron to score. And apparently all of the like second line down Bruins scored in that game and Bergeron and Pasta did nothing. So I fucking hate it when that happens. I was dying inside. I almost cried manly tears over this because I really thought at that point, Patrice Bergeron not scoring against the goddamn Phoenix Coyotes was going to cost me a thousand dollars. And I was despairing, but thankfully, thankfully. So in the PM games, the ones I, or the 10 o'clock games, the ones I missed out on, I picked a uh, Huberto in the flames Oilers game. And I picked a uh, Kane in the uh, Chicago San Jose game. And they both missed out too. So I didn't feel as bad, but yeah. before that, when it was just Bergeron, and I was like, it's the Coyotes. How did Bergeron not get a point? I was freaking out. That would drive me insane if it was just that. And it's like, yeah, it's like the Coyotes, too. Like how, yeah, you would think that he would, like, have a field day. You would think. You would think. But I, I got a lot of them right, I got to say. I might do this again because uh, I, I got most of the games. I mean, again, three out of uh, 14 wrong is uh, pretty damn good. Yeah, no, that's very good. I think, I mean, I would keep that going because like, is that your first time doing that kind of parlay? Uh, second, second. Okay. Keep but I was smarter this time than the previous time because I tried to find guys that, I tried to find guys where it was only like they would let me go like one point or more because like guys like McDavid, uh, they make the default like two or more because they make over a point per game. So I was trying to go for guys like that, but they'd still be slam dunks. Like in the Florida game, I picked Barkoff. Because Barkoff scores a lot, but they let me just pick him to get a point or more in that game. And oh, okay, then, gotcha. like the Flyers, I went TK. Uh, the Penguins, they—I don't know why they let me pick Sidney Crosby for a point or more in the, the Penguins games. Like that's uh, that's just like free. I should just start betting on that straight up. That's like free money right there. Well, you also thought that Bergeron scoring was free money too. Exactly, exactly, so, exactly. You never know. I, I, now, some of those were McDavid close calls scoring, right there. 
McDavid scoring, that's basically free money. That's well, yeah, but th- that's why they make it two or more because that's yeah, that's yeah. a little harder right there. But yeah, I thought Kane was a, a given too in the San Jose Chicago game. But hey, you know, I didn't win a thousand dollars, but at least it wasn't just on Patrice Bergeron's head because I was cursing the entire Bruins organization last night around like nine thirty. Fucking Boston, man. Like, fucking Boston. I can't have anything nice because of Boston. It's always Boston. Always oh, Boston every time. God. Oh. God damn. All right. Well, we got to get start. We got to start getting ready for football. It's almost time for yeah, football. We, we got a full slate of games. They mostly suck today, but the birds play at night. So that's, that's all that matters. What's your prediction for uh birds, birds, Cowboys? Oh boy. So again, this is probably coming out on Monday when you're hearing this. So I could be very, very wrong, but oh, this is going to make it hilarious to listen back to then. I'm going to say, I'm going to say birds win 28 to 17. Okay. And I think Jalen Hurts scores at least one touchdown running and and two by air. Monster game for Hurts. I say Eagles win 69-0. Jake Elliott misses the extra point on the 10th tutty on purpose to make it 69-0. Oh, wow. That's nice. Okay. So, all right. I'm thinking, realistically, I'm thinking, ah, boy. Eagles squeak it out 19 17 19 17 there you go there you go world war 1 score right there damn right <laughs> all damn right, right cool well uh hopefully that went you know hopefully that works out go birds if they are undefeated i'm going to be a very happy guy on Monday morning. And I'm already pretty pumped about the Phillies right now. And I, I got to say, I went to my first Phillies playoff game on Friday night and it could not have gone better. It was just a phenomenal experience. So we, uh, we showed up. So I took a half day. My friends came down early. Uh, we pre-gamed a little bit and then we walked down to the stadium. Cause I, I live like a mile away or something like that. And well, we, we, we left a little later than anticipated. You know how that happens sometimes. Time just disappears on you. And we're walking down 10th Street towards the stadium. And the crowd's already, like, freaking out. Like, ah, ah, boo, yeah. Just everything. They're freaking out. And I'm like, there must be crazy things happening in this game already. And I looked down at my phone. I ended up pulling up uh, YouTube TV on my phone to see what was going on. These people were just that loud over balls and strikes. Oh, wow. It was insane. We got up there. I barely moved from my seat the entire game. It, what an experience. The loudest, I think. It's definitely the loudest I've seen Citizens Bank Park in over a decade, but it might have been the loudest it's ever been. Aaron Nola had a freaking day. That Reese Hoskins home run was awesome. Bryce Harper hit an awesome home run. They won 9-1. to one. I went to two different... Nine to one wins over the Braves with Aaron Nola pitching on Fridays, four weeks apart, which is just is so weird. That's weird. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. But man, that is I, cool it's so cool. And I'm so happy I went. I, I'm so happy I, I bought those tickets when I did and I was able to have good seats and just take it in and enjoy a playoff. Because the last playoff game I went to was Flyers Penguins. 
during that, yeah. that abysmal series, the one where Sean Couturier tore everything in his leg and it's just been all downhill from there. And the one where I almost ended up having to buy a, a Valtteri Filpula St. Paddy's Day jersey because I said if he was a big part of the Flyers coming back in the series, he had that one great game in the win. And I'm like, oh my God, if I have to buy this fucking Ophilpula jersey, I almost had to do... You remember that, right? Fly Purpley legend? Oh, yeah. Of yeah. course. How can I forget? Oh my God. That, But the last game I went to was during that series. And it was the one where... It was the second game where they tried those wristbands that lit up in the dark and they did the pregame presentation with. And naturally, when the Flyers got smoked, those wristbands went all over the place and it was raining. It was just a miserable goddamn day. So it was nice to not have that as my last Philly playoff experience. Yeah, no, that would be awful. Like this, this playoff, like the Phillies returning to Phil. I, I don't think a lot of people realize just how much of a boost it would be just the fact that Philly's playing a home game in the playoffs, like how huge that would be for them. Um, I know a lot of people's a lot of people were writing them off against the Braves and which made sense because the Braves have kind of like owned them recently, but like the Braves were phenomenal in the second half of the season. They were the best team in baseball in the second half of the season. They were amazing. Like they, that fucking stadium was just out of control. And, and just the the, the vibes, man. The vibes were so great. The, people... Again, the vibes of this whole weekend are yeah. just impeccable. We got to finish it off. Go Birds. Beat them, Cowboys. Go Birds. Dallas sucks. Fuck All Dallas. Right. Fuck, Fuck Dallas, dude. Fuck Dallas. Let's get Fucking Calvin losers. taking a pee on the Cowboys logo and all the fun imagery. Yeah, I, I hope someone poo- like. <laughs> I hope someone I poops say. on the star. Yeah, but I forgot it's in Philly, so you can't really do that. But well, like, some, somebody I, will. I uh, no, 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 no. The uh, the the link parking lots during an Eagles Cowboys tailgate are basically the wild west. Anything goes. There. Oh yeah, there is Frontier no justice. law in the parking lots during those tailgates, and there shouldn't be. <laughs> it's true. There should be murders taking place. Don't say that. There might be. I'm joking. I'm jo- okay. Yeah, I should. There might be. Do that. Don't do that. They don't know. You never know with the Philly no. crowd. Okay, we got a reputation, and uh, it's <laughs> it's a rough one. They they say that we threw snowballs at Santa. They say that the fans threw snowballs at Santa Claus, a a man known for his jolliness and cheer. And there was no jolliness or cheer in Philadelphia that day. One last thing before we go. Speaking of Santa, Violent Night now has a trailer. <laughs> With the one with David Harbour? It's the best trailer I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm going to be there on opening fucking night watching that fucking movie. There you go. So that's Fantastic. all I have to say. Go Birds. Go fuck Birds. Dallas. Go Phils. Fuck Dallas. Go Flyers, I guess. And, uh, I guess. Yeah. Uh, go TK. <laughs> go TK. For the yeah. jerk store. And Morgan Frost. There we go. All right, gang. We're out of here. If you have any feedback for us, the best place is on twitter.com.org.edu.ca. Quigs, where can people find you on Twitter? And you got a thing to plug. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at RP. Wait, that's not even my Twitter handle. At Ryan Quigs with a Z. Um, and RP just want, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, guess my quick plug would be I uh, actually just finished up my last shift with NBC Sports Philadelphia last night, which was Saturday night. 
So just want to give a big shout out to all the awesome people there, specifically Travis Hughes. Um, lots of uh, Jordan Hall was great. Um, Corey Seidman, Noah Levick, Dave Zangaro. Uh, so many just complete and total pros there. Um, and it's, oh, uh, Adam Herman as well. So many pros there. And it's just been so much fun working there over the last like year plus. So just want to say I appreciate all of you. And uh, yeah, I'm going to be, I'm going to be writing a lot more for Broad Street Hockey now, now that I kind of have this more, more availability. So looking forward to that and uh, good times coming. Hell yeah. All right, Quigs. All right. Good stuff right there. Really looking forward to hearing more from you on BSH. You can follow me at Flyperbole or at Bomb if it's for hockey purposes. Make it Flyperbole. Follow BSH Radio. Follow Broad Street Hockey. And we're on a variety of social media. So go find us out on those other ones. Oh, wow. All right, folks. That's all we got for you. Thanks so much. And until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Wow. 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 Wow, 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 Hello, I'm Neil Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial Series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.